Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am the host, Mr. Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And as always, I got my co-host, my battle buddy, my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. Brian Barefield, a.k.a. Big Sarge. Hey, what's going on, brother? Hey, man, I'm just trying to recover from this uh, crazy weekend, man. It's just been a nonstop action-packed weekend. So just trying to get, trying to finally just settle down, man. But other than that, what's up with you, bro? Uh, chilling, chilling, man. Can't complain. I've been having a, a busy sports weekend myself. Yeah, man. man. You've been you've been doing things uh, that a lot of us wish we could do. So, uh, yeah, before we get into it, uh, tell them where they can find you at, man. Uh, you can find me at uh, Big Star Sports with a Z on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Brian L. Bearfield on uh, Brian L. Bearfield Big Sarge on Facebook. And then at the end of this podcast i'm going to have a major announcement yes yes we do have definitely a major announcement on that um and once again my name is eric compton you can find me on instagram at money compton you can also find me on facebook at eric compton you can also email the show at sportsbusiness at gmail.com that's s-p-o-r-t-z-b-i-z-n-e-s-s at gmail.com man but uh man let's just go ahead and dive right into some of these games we got this weekend uh because we got some bangers coming up today, and uh, I think everyone's mind, eyes are going to be on this uh, Kansas City uh, Jacksonville game. Um, it's been said early, early in the week during the uh, leading up to this game. You know, the uh, outspoken Jalen Ramsey's been uh, calling out Tyreek Kill, and uh, it's kind of, kind of caused this. Uh, I don't want to call it a beef compared uh, compared to other things that are going on in the sports world, but uh, definitely a nice little nudge to see you know what's about to take place, but. Uh, uh, the 4-0 Kansas City Chiefs against the 3-1 Jacksonville Jaguars, man. It's going to be a really, really, really good game. Um, I know you and I talked about it on your radio show earlier this week, but uh, I think I think, I think, think Kansas City may have this, man. What you thinking about that? I think the same thing. I think that Kansas City is going to, uh, is going to win it because of their offense. Uh, they, may, they, they almost turn every game they play into a major shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, even last week, I think that they took uh, the Denver Broncos out of character. I don't think that Denver wanted to get into you know, a high-scoring affair with them, even though it wasn't as high as the Kansas City normally uh, points that they normally score. But they still made uh, Kansas City, uh, I mean, excuse me, Denver do things they don't want to do. So I'm looking at it today as, you know, the number one defense with the Jacksonville Jaguars has never went up against a, a prolific offense this season like the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City makes you adjust to them sometimes. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. And not to mention, you know, Jacksonville, um, Blake Borders been, has, has had a very pedestrian year with, I think, uh, he's right over uh, a thousand yards already passing with seven touchdowns, three interceptions. So he's been very, very... Um, I'm gonna call him the game manager, but he's been he's been making the right moves. That's the best way I can answer that. Um, and not to mention, I think Leonard Fournette being out today is gonna be a huge. Uh, that's definitely a big deal. But you know, I think with Jacksonville, uh, you know, being down this hole before with Leonard Fournette always, you know, kind of being spotty, I think they're prepared. But I just don't know if their offense is ready to go tick for tack for these guys. So I think Jalen Ramsey, uh, the man child, uh, Calais Campbell, and them are all gonna have to. Uh, um, 
you know, hold the fort down. But, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, Jalen Ramsey being a cornerback. But uh, uh, what's the other guy on the other side? Bouye? Uh, no, no. Uh, A.J. Boye. Boye. Like, do you know, like, this dude is not giving up the t- a touchdown in, like, the last 50 passes that are attempted his way? Like, yeah. everyone talks about Jalen Ramsey being good, but uh, A.J. Boye is just as good as Jalen Ramsey. And he's just a good shutdown corner as well. So, um, I don't know who what how Kansas City is going to be able to kind of like move people around the field because their cornerbacks alone are just not giving up anything so it's definitely going to be interesting to see and also you know like you said man Kansas City just has too many fire too much too much going on you know if you try to check down take out Tyreek Hill okay that's fine then you got to worry about Sammy Watkins okay you take Sammy Watkins out of the game all right then you got Travis Kelsey you know and then you also have Conley the kid out of Georgia um that's that's on the other that's probably their slot receiver and then you also got Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield. So, I mean, there's just so many problems that the Kansas City Chiefs caused. My only thing is, is that um, can their defense actually, you know, be somewhat a stopper? I think they have a bend but don't break defense. And I think that's starting to show um, with Kansas City being able to light up the offense, being able to light up the scoreboard. But, you know, this, the faster you light up the scoreboard, you know, the faster your defense has to get on the field. And sometimes that kind of hinders your team, you know? That part about it is the Houston Texans had AJ Boye, and as as much as a deficiency that they have at cornerback, they definitely could use him right now. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the uh, to the prior general manager and Rick Smith not wanting to negotiate. Really, didn't think that AJ Boye was going to be what he is, and so that's why I look at it, um, you know, and laugh because you know the Texans could have definitely used him now, but him playing on the other side of um, Jalen Ramsey and but uh, let me say this though side note for the record I love Jalen Ramsey and the fact that he talks trash man he is so refreshing and it's I would it would be it 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 would be just like you know noise that you know just like white noise if it wasn't true by the things he's saying and the fact that where it's coming from everything that he says he backs it up because of his plate right exactly yeah that, that's one thing that, that you can't sit there and uh, take away from Jalen Ramsey. Bro, you know, is he the second best cornerback to ever come out of FSU? Yeah, uh, or is it too early to say? Because uh, he reminds me of Deion Sanders. Like, he not only does he back it up to talk, not only is he talking to talk, but he's also the walk in the walk, bro. Like, this dude is legit. I mean, he's got blazing speed. He's tall, lanky. He, I mean, he, he probably he tackles better than Deion Sanders. I mean, it, it, it's, it's ooh, I don't know, man. Is it is he is he probably is he, is he, he's not up there with Deion Sanders, but he reminds me of Deion Sanders. Bro, I mean, I gotta, I gotta say this, you you know, you're right. He is probably the second best. I'm gonna ask Big Game James when he comes on the show on mm-hmm. Tuesday, but um, yes, I, I would have to say he is after Deion. He gotta be right because I can't think of really any prolific DBs that came out of the you know the state of uh, Florida State. Now, if we were talking Miami, then that'd be a completely different story because. I feel like Miami, Miami and Texas, they just produce DBs uh, coming into the league that are just prolific Hall of Famers. So, but um, I think, I think, I think his his game definitely reminds me of Deion Sanders, man. I mean, the dudes out here walking the walk, talking the talk, and I mean, he like you said, he's backing it up, bro. Like he's legitimately backing up everything that he's doing. And you can't take nothing away from the guy who's doing something like that, man. At all, bro. That you you're right. At all, you can't take that away from. Yeah, man. So uh, it'll be that. I think that's probably going to be my highlight game uh, to definitely take a look at, man. Uh, kind of shifting on over, man, to two teams that are just 
you know, I think expectations was high. I know for me, one team, I don't, I don't expect nothing from them, but the other team, um, it's been somewhat of a suspect, but you keep bringing it up that, uh, you know, maybe we're just in denial. That would probably be the Atlanta Falcons against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've never been big on the Falcons. I've never really had hope in them because they do Atlanta's, Atlanta Falcons things. And when I say that is, is when you're up 34 to 17 in the play, in the, in the Super Bowl, somehow you just want blunder that away and you let Tom Brady win his fifth Super Bowl ring. Um, you, you just do, you know, suspect things. So, um, but the other side, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I thought they were going to have somewhat of a good year and make another final, you know, this, this might've been the final push, but, uh, they've just been sputtering out of control and I just don't know where it's going to end. I think, I think Pittsburgh should win this game, but I don't know. Like, I, I just can't, I have no confidence in either one of these two teams, bro. And, and my thing is this, I don't, well, first of all, let me go on record by saying I'm taking the Falcons. Because uh, uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has given up 400 yards in uh, 400, I mean 400 yards in four weeks. So that defense is not ready to take on the high power offense and stop Matt Ryan. I mean, if you look at it like this, man, they made Joe Flacco look like the old Joe Flacco. And it's hard to make Joe Flacco look like the old Joe Flacco. Like Joe Flacco don't even know that he's Joe Flacco. But anyway, Mm -hmm. Uh, with, with Matt Ryan, with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, um, and Calvin Ridley, man, they're gonna shred that. Sanu. Yeah, oh, I forgot Sanu. They're gonna shred that defense, man. And um, and so I, I look at it as the, they don't have the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have enough offensive firepower. And you know what? I'm gonna go on record by saying this: even when they get Le'Veon Bell back, they'll be lucky to make the wild card. And if they do, they'll be out in the first round of the playoffs. Pittsburgh is just not a good team. Uh, we're still uh, a, a lot of fans, even a lot of uh, media talking heads, sports media talking heads are living off the fact that it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you break mm-hmm. that team down, man, for one, they're old. They don't play a good defensive scheme. Their offense is predictable. You just, if Ben is getting old and mm-hmm. he's starting not to be able to read things as much. And I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, he's starting to be like a punch drunk boxer, man. I think that the, all the hits that he's taken over the years are starting to come back and bite him in the butt. So, man, I'm, I'm just going to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not a good team. We, we're we making them more than what they really are just based off their name alone. Yeah, man, and like you said, I think they've only had three head coaches in the last 50 years or something crazy like that. So, you know, it's the it's the consistency thing, seeing. And like you said, I think, I think the nation alone is just kind of like, oh, my gosh, like we've never seen this with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. So, um, not to mention, this is the longest time in, in between years um, that they haven't went to the Super Bowl too since I believe 2011 is the last time they went to the Super Bowl um, against the Green Bay Packers so you know the, the fans are starting to get impatient and like you said Big Ben looks terrible this year like you said he can't read defenses um, he's got five interceptions already uh, five, and that's not even including all the fumbles that he's lost as well this year so um, it, it, it's going to be very very interesting to see what ends up happening but um I can't really. There's something about the Atlanta Falcons that I just can't can't put my faith in it on them. But uh, you know, they do have a, a potent offense. But that defense, what was uh, that defense last last week? You know, gave up 38 points against the Cincinnati Bengals and, and gave that game away. So um, it's just two. I tell it two teams that you just don't know what to expect. They're just one probably the two most unpredictable teams that you in the NFL that you just think that these expectations are set super duper high for these teams, but yet. They just don't know how to perform, and I, I just don't know what to think of the 
um, Falcons. But like you said, you do bring up good points as far as offensive firepower. They definitely got all the tools on, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I think Devontae Free, Free, Freeman is coming back today as well from a knee injury. And he's going to be playing. So um, I don't know, man. I just <laughs> I just can't I guess can't I can't rock with the people out there in Atlanta, man. Uh, I can't rock with the dirty birds, man, because they are dirty. You just don't know what you're gonna get from the man. Yeah, and like I say, man, I I I would rather pick them than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just has not impressed me, man. They, you know, in all honesty, Pittsburgh should be on four. They should be. They really because should. Because you look. Yeah, I'm sorry, I me mean, cut you off. No, you I mean, think about it, Eric. If it they they only been playing one half of football for the last two weeks. They haven't even scored in the mm-hmm. second half of of the last two games they played. Connor is at what he rushed for 19 yards last week and what he's averaging the total of what he's averaging like 40 yards a game something like that and so I, that's why I can't rock with him man I can't I cannot put my faith in the offense that cannot that, that only plays in the first half yeah you're definitely right and I think Connor's only averaging like three yards a carry so yeah I, I don't yeah you might be right on that man so um, I'm still gonna stick with the uh with the Steelers and you know hopefully hopefully things will change but uh, I think we're going to move on to another uh, team but I think another set of two teams that expectations were set so high that they haven't performed up to well up to par as well and that would be the Minnesota Vikings against the Philadelphia Eagles um, the Eagles they just I know with Carson Wentz being back they haven't um, you know they haven't looked the same and I think that the, the, you know they have a great defensive line but I don't think anything else beside behind them is really really good um, on the defensive side of the ball, and not to mention, you know, uh, the offensive side. You know, they they just got Alshon Jeffrey back. Um, I don't know what Mike Wallace is, is these days, but you know, they should have beat the Tennessee Titans. But Tennessee, on the other hand, is a very very good team, so um, it's definitely interesting to see. And meanwhile, on the other hand, with Minnesota, they they just they just haven't looked good at all. Um, you know, they they've been in they've been close in every game, but they just haven't been able to put the knockout punch in on some of these teams, man. And not to mention, um, you know, that tie don't help them out either when they tied against Green Bay. But I know you've been very, very critical of Kirk Cousins. I thought he looks, you know, a lot better than Stafford and Case Keenum last year. But um, what's going on with Minnesota, man? Is it the offense or what is it? Man, I don't know. Uh, that is like the hardest thing to figure out, bro. I'd rather do Chinese math than try to figure <laughs> out what's going on with the Minnesota Vikings. I have not a clue. Uh, and it's not so much of the offense that I'm worried about. I mean, Case Keenum is doing. I mean, I can look at it. the guy was called Case Keenum. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is doing Kirk Cousins stuff. I, I mean, I mean, if you close your eyes though, and then open them, and they and, and both of them have on a helmet, and you just watch it play, it is Case Keenum, a la Kirk Cousins. You think so? A la Sam Bradford. You think so? Oh man, I don't. I do not think that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. I mean, I, I think I put it like this. I think that he may be a better quarterback, but not by much. Not his arm strength mm. may be a little bit stronger than Case Keenum, but they make the same decisions. Uh, Case Keenum, if you look at if you look at him play, he does not go downfield a lot, and that's been the knock on him since uh, Case Keenum. Gee, I keep calling this guy Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been that way since he was at. Uh, Michigan and, State and with that team, well, with that team in Washington yeah. too. So um, now on the other side of the ball, though, the defense is what I cannot figure out. I Man, I think that they've given out uh, four to five 
50 yard plus passes this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and we're only what four games in now, right? So I I don't know what's going on at deep. That's what has me perplexed, and I don't know what the head coach is going to do to fix that. But oh, go ahead. Well, well I was gonna say I think I also figured out what it is too. Is that they ain't running the ball, bro? Like as a team, they've only racked up. 252 yards. Their leading rusher, Dalvin Cook, has 98 yards for the season. So they ain't putting the ball on the ground and they're not running it, man. So, you know, you got to run the ball to open up the passing game. But on the backside, you know, they got that one uh, that one dude on the defensive line. Uh, I think, was it Griffin? Uh, that, that sat there and went eight, you know, pulled a gun out on the teammate. And, you know, he's gone for, you know, he's doing whatever it is as far as trying to get himself right in the mind. Um, but, I mean, I don't know about I just don't know what's going on in Minnesota you know they they thought that they had a great 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 defense um, last year that kind of maybe you know hit some of the, the the flaws on the offensive side of the ball but you know it, I definitely think that they just don't have a running game and they're not sticking to it and they just gotten too gung-ho and um, kept are, are passing the ball too much but uh, on the other side of the team on the ball man I don't know what's going on with Philly and I know you've been very crucial on them as far as what you know uh, uh, them not flourishing and probably them being the most um, non-anticipated team to go back to back this year but uh, I don't know man I think Carson Wentz you know he's looking he's looking like he's getting it together but it's just very very interesting to see uh, I I don't know what their problem is I really don't I I don't either man I I, they're the most underachieving team Mm -hmm. that I know this year outside of well, them. <laughs> Pittsburgh, had, I mean, Minnesota had been um, um, picked to be a, at least going to, in some people's books, the NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Mine's for sure. And so I'm, I'm saying to myself, and that's based off of what they did on last year. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. And I don't know if they could turn it around because for some reason, man, in that division, it's almost like Aaron Rodgers wills his way to whatever he wants to do in mm-hmm. that division. And Chicago has gotten stronger. Detroit may turn a corner once they can finally get it together. So Minnesota is, you know, the the problems that they're having now. Even if they correct it, they correct them. They're still going to have a tough time in the division that they're in. And you know, and, and I'm going to say this, man. Let me the side note since we're in the um, what are they? The NFC Central, correct? Uh, and one's in the NFC Central, and the other one is in the NFC East. No, no, I'm talking. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit, and Green Bay are all the NFC. Yeah, Central. they are. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so, um, and like I said, man, you can't sleep on Chicago. No, nope, I mean, at all. That's why I meant to ask you on the show, bro. Like Mitchell Trubisky and six touchdowns for real. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was crazy, man. That was crazy. <laughs> and so I say, like, when you got Chicago, and you got Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay in that division, you know, Minnesota can't just walk through it. But this is what I want to ask you, bro, on a side note, man. Why isn't Mike McCarthy on the hot seat? He's only won one Super Bowl, and Aaron Rodgers keeps him relevant. Bro, so what, let me think. Let me think of the last three coaches. It's been Mike McCarthy, Holgram. Shermer came after Holgram. Yeah. Uh, Mike Shermer came after Holgram. And then Holgram. That's another team, another franchise that doesn't really have a high turnover rate in their coaching staff, if I'm not, if memory calls me straight. So I'm 31 years old and I can only remember, I think, the three coaches that have coached the Green Bay Packers. So anybody listening out there, if they can add the other three, 
the only three I can remember of my years of existence are Holgram, Shermer, and McCarthy. So I don't know. And not to mention, I think Aaron Rodgers likes McCarthy. I just don't know if he likes the the staff surrounding him, if that makes any sense. Um, I think he goes wherever, you know, McCarthy or where McCarthy goes wherever Rodgers goes, as far as that goes. But um, I don't I don't know why he's not been on the hot seat. And not to mention, you got to think about it. The city of Green Bay owns the team as well. So they own, you know, the, the city owns, you know, a majority of the team. So it's 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 hard to, you know, when it's hard to move, make personnel moves. Not to mention, you got to think about this too, BB. They're not a team that makes key free agent moves. You know, they're not they've never been a team that has been able to sign big time free agents. Um in their whole entire franchise, besides getting Reggie White, um, Julius Peppers, and then uh, Jimmy Graham, the three big free agents that I can think of, they never make splashes in the offseason. Everything's just homegrown, and I think that's kind of the you know that's that's kind of the reason why Mark McCarthy has not left yet. It's just because they're a homegrown city and they don't like to see a high turnover rate. It's kind of like a mom and pop shop, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Um, uh, didn't the, the Raiders picked up Jordy Nelson, right? Yes, they did. And I, and I'm starting to see that uh, I, now now I can see why Aaron Rodgers was so mad the fact that they let Jordy Nelson go he was a key part of that offense mm-hmm. you know by him being on the field it's just almost like having another coach at the wide receiver spot mm-hmm. and him and Aaron Aaron was always on the same page so I think that that has a lot to do with uh, with them not being successful this year as well yeah not to mention like they've just never been a team like I've always been big on you got to run the football before you can open up the pass again and. You know, I know you have Aaron Rodgers, probably the best player on, on in the game right now. Um, that can, that gives you that leeway being able to do things. Not to mention Aaron Rodgers is low key a sleeper as far as being able to you know move, improvise, and make plays with his feet as well. Not only by that cannon of an arm that he has. So I think they kind of you know ditch the running game. But you know they they just have never been able to run the ball, bro. Like they have not been able to run the ball. I mean, you got Ty uh, Ty, Ty Montgomery out here that's a doggone wide receiver that converted into a running back. The Eddie Lacy project didn't work out well. Um, so it's just, I, I don't know why they can't draft a, a stable running back, but they need a running back to take some of the load off of Aaron Rodgers, bro. And that's the thing, man, because now you, you put it like this, this is the second team you've mentioned in that division that about uh, that, that doesn't have a, a, a good running game. So I'm, I'm wondering, who is the best running back? I guess Chicago has the best running back in that division. Uh, Jordan, right? Is that something like that? Yeah, Jordan, I think is his name. You could throw in the cat from um, Auburn that's playing for Detroit, Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson. He yeah. had the first ever running uh, 100-yard running game since like 2013 for the Lions. Um, he looks to be very prominent. Then you got uh, LeGarrette Blunt that's there. Um, I mean, Minnesota to me should have the best running back by committee with Dobbin Cook and Latavius Murray, but they did nothing. Um, yeah, you could say Chicago might have the best running game. I think Chicago, here's the thing about Chicago, man. That defense is so good that it makes the offense look better. And they they play very, very conservative. But at the same time, they're so conservative. Like, they're just executing. Like, what Chicago's doing, they're just executing their plays. Like, it ain't nothing fancy. It ain't nothing outside of the box. They're just playing X's and O's football on the offense side of the ball, bro. And, and go, back to, uh, go back to the previous recording of the podcast and you were hearing me say that the addition of Khalil Mack going to Chicago is going to be the best thing for Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. You did say that. You, yeah, you definitely so, said that. Yeah, yeah so that, that's what I think. Now, I don't know how we 
got stuck in the NFC Central, but <laughs> yeah. So we gonna we gonna we gonna go from the Central time, and then we gonna head on down to your way, man. It's a. I think this is gonna be. To me, I don't really have a, a dog in this race. Uh, it's to me that I probably. I may watch it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to recover from this weekend, so I may or may not watch this, but uh, the Sunday night game between Dallas and Houston, the showdown in the big star, Texas. Um, y'all be y'all been busy this weekend. Y'all had the Red River, Red, Red, River, Red River rivalry. I always call it the Red River rivalry. Some people call it the Red River showdown or the Red River classic. No, I grew up on the Red River rivalry, so I'm going to call it the Red River rivalry. Um, y'all have that. It's Texas State Fair down there, so big Texas out there. And now you got the Dallas Cowboys against the Houston Texans, man. Uh, what's, what's, what what you think on this one, bro? Because, um, I, like I said, I've been harping on Houston being the team that uh, everyone needed to see. And, you know, they finally got that W last week, you know. But was it handed to them or was it a W? Man, listen, bro. On the show, I said that everybody likes a hookup, man. No matter what. You go <laughs> Hey, hey, listen, if somebody told you, hey, man, we got these Carolina Blue 11s, come get them right now. I give them to you. You know, They normally go for 350 I'm going to give them to you for 250 bro. You're going to go say, nah, I don't need that hookup, man. Nah, I'll be a good. fool. <laughs> I'll be a fool to be like, nah, I'm, I'm passing up on some 11s. Uh, no. no. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> so with the, with the uh, Houston Texans on last week, man, Frank Reich hooked them up. Frank Reich was like, hey, look, man, I mean – we're gonna go for it, and like I said, uh, like I said earlier in the week, I understand why that mm-hmm. offense was moving so good. Andrew Luck had them moving so good, and they were killing the Texans' uh, cornerbacks because they weren't playing press coverage. So he was taking what the defense was giving him, which was a three to five, you know, three to five yards every time, pop, pop, pop. Mm-hmm. And so the play that he called on um, fourth and fourth and five or fourth, fourth and three, fourth and five, whatever it was, it was actually a good play. Uh, Aaron Luck just made, uh, Andrew Luck, excuse me, just made a bad throw. And so, you know, the Texans got away with one. I mean, but you get, and there's a lot of luck that comes in football. Think about it like this. How did Seattle beat Green Bay that year? By recovering that onside kick, right? Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was luck. And they went to the Super Bowl that year. So, mm-hmm. you know, luck plays a part in football as well. So, you know, when I was down at the uh, stadium and in the locker room um, during the week, you know, that's what those guys talk about. It's like, you know, that's the breaks that come with this football. It's like we realized that, you know, that we may have gotten away with one, but we had to play well enough to put ourselves in position to even be able to win. And so uh, I, I, I'll say that. Now, for as for tonight's game, the, 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 the biggest key is going to be Ezekiel Elliott, man. And mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott is what's going to change the dynamic of the whole of the whole game. Uh, he's he's the NFL leading rusher. He has 106 point. He's averaging 106.5 yards a game, and now you know they're starting to bring him out the backfield a little bit more, line him up at the wide receiver position to to be um, you know to be a wide receiver. So um, it's going to be interesting because you have on one side you have uh, or with Texas defense on one on one end you have Jadavion Clowney with the AFC. Defensive Player of the Week, and on the other side, you have J.J. Watt, who was AFC Defensive Player of the Month. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, right. you know, given the fact that the um, given the fact that the Cowboys are not as strong as they used to be on the offensive line because they suffered some setbacks, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to contain them. But on the other side, the Cowboys have a, a very, very good front seven, man, and Demarcus Lawrence. 
leads the league in sacks. And there's not, you know, Davenport and Lamb, whichever one is going to start this week, is going to have their hands full. I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Bill O'Brien put another tight end uh, out there in order to help. But on the other, then you got Randy Gregory and David Irvin. I was going to say, is Irvin coming back? Irvin is playing this week. So when we spoke to okay. uh, when we spoke to Garrett, uh, head coach Jason Garrett this week, he said that he didn't know what type of game shape David Irvin was going to be in, but they were definitely going to try to get him some snaps. Yeah, so that's gonna be and that the hey the rich get richer on defense on uh, the Dallas uh, the Cowboys side of the ball, man. Because uh, one thing that's been keeping these guys in the game has been their defense, and I think a lot of people have kind of like shunned away or haven't really noticed how good the Dallas Cowboys defense is. It's probably a top five, top seven defense. On the other they, side, they, they they number six in the uh, league. Yeah, see, so you know they're they're that that that's that, that's definitely a, def- a defense that people are sleeping on. So anybody who plays fantasy football, I definitely see if they out there on the waiver wire. Um, as far as the Houston Texans go, man, I think you know I think Sean Watson's starting to get his feet. Uh, you know he's starting to move around outside of the pocket a little bit better. So that's always a good sign. Um, it's it's definitely you know uh, who's the guy that lines up on the other side of uh, New Hopkins, man. Uh, Will Fuller. Yeah, you know, he he looks like he's starting to get it together. He had a nice game last week. Um, you know, Lamar Miller looks really, really good running the ball right now. So I think I think they're going to get it together. I think if any team that can afford to go 0-3, this is the team. Um, not to mention the AFC, the AFC conference as a whole is just wide open. Like, there, you know, there's definitely some room, margin of, there's definitely a huge margin of error that you can afford out there. Because, I mean, if you take out a New England, I can't think of another and New England. You could put Kansas City up there, but I expect Kansas City to fizzle a lot towards the end of the year. I, can, I can't imagine them going, you know, going at 95 miles per hour this whole season. They're going to run into a roadblock pretty soon where it's going to be that choke point. I can't see, you know, besides them two right now, I mean, can you name another AFC team right now that's just balling out of control? Outside of Jacksonville, Jacksonville, outside of New England, Kansas City, Jacksonville. Nope. Oh, Baltimore. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, hold on, man. You can't sleep on their three and one, and they're starting to put it all together. Uh, let me see who Baltimore's played so far. Let me let me look to see who these because I, I I don't know. I don't have faith in Baltimore just yet. Um, I have to. I got to see some more film on them because I don't know what to expect from them. They beat they beat Buffalo. I mean, anybody who's playing Buffalo this year should get a win. Well, wait a minute um, now. Wait 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 wait. Who did Buffalo beat two weeks ago? Uh, where the Forty Niners? No, where Josh Allen had like uh, uh, Josh Allen did he throw the card? They beat the Cardinals. Okay, was it was it that's what Buff- Buffalo beat? I thought they beat a better team than the Cardinals. I think they beat the Cardinals, bro. You want me to let's look? I'm looking it up right now. No, they beat Minnesota. That's what it was. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> they beat Minnesota. So. Was it Minnesota your your pick to go to the NFC Championship game? It was my <laughs> pick. It was. It was. I think that was a trap game for Minnesota, but uh, we'll see. But, I mean, if you're looking at Baltimore, so okay. They beat Buffalo. Um, they lost to Cincinnati. They lost. They beat Denver and Pittsburgh. I'm not too – I'm not sold on Denver. Like, they already lost to Kansas City as well, um, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I got to see what they got coming up. Um, they play Cleveland today, Tennessee next week, New Orleans, Carolina, and then Pittsburgh again. Those are their next five games, so – I should I should see a better sample of them, but I'm not sold on them just yet. Uh, Joe Flacco um, may throw them in or out of a game, so it's too early to tell with them, man. Yeah, most definitely, bro. 
So I'm going to go, here's what we're going to do, man. I'm just going to run down here all the games that are coming down this week, and we're just going to, you know, tell me who you think going to win, and then we'll just keep it moving, all right? Got you. All right, so starting off Denver and uh, the New York Jets. Denver. I'm going to pick the Broncos. I don't feel confident about that, but this is another one, uh, Miami and Cincinnati. Ooh, that's a tough one, but I'm going to go Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm going Cincy too. Atlanta, Pittsburgh. I said Pittsburgh. I think you said Atlanta. Yeah, but got Atlanta. Okay. New York Giants gets Carolina Panthers. I got the Panthers. I got the Panthers too. Yeah, they just the Giants. Just, they're just in the disarray. I'm looking at Odell Beckham sitting next to Lil Wayne, and I don't know if you heard the Carter Five, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'd want to be around Lil Wayne these days right now. I uh, mean, I was jamming the Carter Five for like a day or two, but now that, that Dime Trap is out, that Ti I'm jamming that. Bro, like, you actually listened to the whole Carter Five for a day? Uh, Yeah, I tried. I gave it two listens, and I realized I only like Mona Lisa, the song with yeah. Kendrick Lamar. That's exactly it. That's the only thing I could think of is the song with K-Dot. Other than that, oh, hashtag bring the old Lil Wayne back, man. Gosh, man. I need, like, I need some Carter Two, Carter Three, Lil Wayne, man. Yeah. I don't know about all this stuff. Anyways, Green Bay against Detroit. I said Detroit. Uh, I'm, th- I'm going with Green Bay. I can't go against Aaron Rodgers. Mm, okay. Tennessee and Buffalo, I think that's Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, yep. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders against the L.A. Chargers. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely taking the uh, Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers too, man. Uh, Arizona and San Francisco. Uh, I'm going to go San Francisco. I'm going Arizona, man. Josh Rosen got to get it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, L.A. Rams against the Seattle Seahawks. Rams. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and say this could be possibly a trap game for the Rams, so I'm I'm going to go with Seattle. Oh. I'm going to go with Seattle. I don't have too much faith in it, but I think this could be a trap game for the Rams. Ah. I, so. I can't do it, bro. Okay, okay. And then we got Philly against Minnesota. I'm going to pick Philly. I'm going to go with – I'm going with Minnesota. You know, I'll never take Philly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got your roots invested. And this one should give me uh, – uh, what you got on the Dallas and Houston game? I'm taking Dallas. I'm going to go with the Cowboys, too. And then tomorrow night, we got uh, the team from Washington against New Orleans. Um, I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints, too. Um, they're 3-1. and one. They look like they got it together. But the uh, Washington R's are coming off of a bye week. So it'll be interesting to see with that extra day off that they got and the week, too. So it'll be interesting to see. So, BB, man, I know you're not a big uh MMA guy, but uh, the whole world has been talking about this uh, UFC 229 event this whole week that led up to uh, probably, possibly, by far. Uh, did you know that this might? Uh, the numbers aren't in yet, but did you know this might be uh, more pay per view buys than the Mayweather Pacquiao fight? Seriously? Yeah. No. Yeah. I did not know that. They said it. It, it could. It might. They might beat them. Um, I think the Mayweather Pacquiao fight had 4.9 million buys. Um, in pay-per-view purchases and they were expecting anywhere north of 4 million anywhere between like 4.2 million to 4.7 million so there's a chance that this may break the Mayweather Pacquiao uh, uh, pay-per-view buy rate bro oh wow so uh, not so I'm just giving you a little quick little backdrop so not to mention Conor McGregor was actually guaranteed 50 million which is by far the highest purse ever uh, awarded to a UFC fighter and uh, Khabib, and I'm not even gonna try to pronounce this dude's last name. Whatever, Khabib dude from Russia was guaranteed 10 million, which was still the second highest purse in UFC history. Like the 
So with that being said, there was a lot of money invested in this fight. I think the gates, the uh, gates at the T-Mobile Arena, this was the highest gross ever event at the T-Mobile Arena uh, this past last night, actually Saturday night. And um, it was a very entertaining fight. I know you, I'm like, I'm gonna try to loop you in it, but uh, it was a very, very entertaining fight. Um, you know, could be this dude has not lost a round ever in MMA. Never like not not like not, not let alone lost a fight. This dude has never lost a round in, in, in mixed martial arts, which is something that's just unheard of. And uh, this dude was wrestling bears when he was a kid, training. Oh wow! This dude used to, yeah, this dude used to wrestle bears, like bears, um, <laughs> as part of his training regimen. So you got this. Um, you got Conor McGregor, who's probably by far the purest striker in uh, in mixed martial arts. Um, some would argue and say Anderson Silva might may still. Uh, they have that uh, 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 title, but uh, Conor McGregor is by far one of the peer strikers in uh, mixed martial arts. So you got this guy who's wrestling, who's a, 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 a world class wrestler that just doesn't just doesn't get you let you breathe, man. So um, you know it ended up being that uh, you know Conor McGregor. I don't think he's fought in the UFC in over two years. Um, got his belt stripped because this Khabib dude ended up coming in and uh, uh, basically getting the belt by default since Conor has been gone with. You know, fighting Floyd Mayweather in a in a, in a huge spectacle, and uh, 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 so this was Conor McGregor's first fight in almost two years. You know, you had the Dolly incident where Conor flew all the way from Ireland through a Dolly somewhere in New York City through a, through a Khabib's uh, tour bus, uh, and you know, practically dismantled the whole pay per view card. And so the fight last night was very very entertaining. Um, the first round could have been uh, probably went to Khabib. The second round was definitely even possibly a 10-8 round because Khabib was dominating Conor McGregor so badly. In the third round, actually, it looked like Conor McGregor may have um, been the first guy to actually beat uh, win a round against Khabib. And then the fourth round, uh, Khabib ended up kind of taking over and ended up putting him in like a rear naked chokehold. And after that... Uh, and this is what we're going to get into it. Khabib spat on Conor McGregor, threw his mouthpiece at him, and goes over towards Conor McGregor's camp. And now we go from a UFC event to WrestleMania 34, and and Khabib gets off of, jumps, literally jumps on the uh, on the cage and does like a swanton bomb, like he's Jeff Hardy or somebody, and just does a skydive right into uh, Conor McGregor's corner. And then while this is going on, Conor McGregor is literally sitting in the octagon. And Khabib's people jumped the fence and they literally jumped this dude, jumped Conor McGregor. And now you have this whole melee looking like it's Tyson Holyfield part two, where it's just a chaos. And, and, and some would say they loved it. Others would say this left a, ta- a bad taste in the mouth, man. I know you don't really follow a lot of MMA, but I know you had to hear what, yeah, I know you've heard what, what took place last night, man. Oh man. Yes. And I love it. I loved it, man. You know, the only thing that, uh, the only thing that would have been better if uh, what's his name? Derek Lewis? Derek that's his name? Which one? Uh, oh, 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 uh, 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 Derek Lewis, yeah. yeah. If Derek Lewis would have been commentating, that would have made it the best fight ever. But I look at it like this, man. And, you know, I don't follow MMA, you know, big time like that, but I do know that Conor McGregor is a trash talker. I don't like Conor mm-hmm. McGregor. Um, I don't know him personally, but from what I've seen and what I've witnessed, I just don't like him, man. I think he's a racist, and I think that he, you know, does a lot. For as much as Floyd Mayweather loves attention, so does Conor McGregor. And so, you know, man, some they tell you sometimes, hey, bro, you know, you you, you walk if you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk, man. And you know, Conor McGregor before this fight happened was talking a lot of trash, a lot mm-hmm. of smack, 
to this guy, and this guy didn't really say nothing. Just kept his mouth closed. Conor McGregor called his uh, what one of one of the people in this camp uh, uh, a, a terrorist, terrorist yeah. a, a snitch on terrorists. Talked about this man's family. Talked about this man's religion. Talked about everything, man. And so, you know, the dude's like, you know, Conor, I'm not gonna sit here and keep, you know, I'm not gonna bump my gums. I'm gonna show you what it's all about. And so I think that at the end of the fight, man, it just came to fruition that he was tired of it, man. And he wanted to show them, listen, Connor, you you may be doing it to to sell tickets. You may be doing it to pump up the pay-per-view. You know, this may be all an act for you, but I don't play those type of games, man. I'm not I, I'm not like that. That's why I always tell people, hey, you better watch who you talk trash to, because you never know which one which one is going to, you know, which person is going to retaliate. You can't tell them how to retaliate. Also, I always say that, um, you know, if, if I'm in a group of people, man, I'm not looking at the dude who's doing all the talking. I'm doing it, looking at the one who's the quietest because he's the one that knows how to breathe. So he's getting his breathing together, and he's probably the one that can fight. So I know that he's the one that I'm going to have to look out for, not the one that's sitting here, you know, doing all that talking like little Conor McGregor. Yeah, man, and that's the crazy thing. Like, um, my, I had my doubts on Khabib is because I knew he was a great world-class wrestler. But I, my thing was, I thought he was just going to freeze up. You know, this dude has never been on the stage this big, and that's what the uh, whole, uh, whole, whole doubts was on this guy. He's like, bro, you know, yes, he's good, but like, this is a different type of level of, of a spectacle that it took place. So, was he going to be ready? And you could definitely tell that the, uh, he had nerves in him, but he was actually able to compose some nerves. And then, you know, back to going up to Connor, what you said, you know, I know you and I actually took, we had, a, you know, during our pre production meeting this morning. I think uh, you brought up a good point that I completely whipped on, you know, the whole incident with Floyd Mayweather with the whole dance with me, you know, dance for me, boy, the whole monkey thing. Um, you know, I, I completely forgot about that. You brought that up. Um, you know, I definitely think one thing I can't take away from Connor, though, man, is that this dude has heart, man. Like, this dude has the biggest heart in the whole wide world. And yes, he does. He, he, he flaps his gums a lot. But I'm going to say probably about 95% of the time, he's able to back it up. Um, but one thing I can say, um, and I'm not, I'm not that biggest kind of McGregor fan. I think he's, he's got my respect. Um, but he does do a lot of trash talking. I think some of the stuff he did say um, during the whole press conference, yes, it may have been able to, you know, uh, you know, boost up the pay-per-view buys. But what, the one thing kind of got to realize is that people's going to buy this fight regardless. You know, you've already made your name. Um, you've already, you're already a household name. You're probably like a walking legend in the MMA uh, round. So I don't think you needed to go after this man's family as well as, as well as his religion. You know, there's two different ways of being able to trash talk. And I don't think, you know, being able, going after someone's religion and family, I think that's almost like a code, man. You know, that's something you just don't do, bro. Um, you know, going back to kind of like what we moved to back up on, uh, Jalen Ramsey and uh, Tyreek Hill today. You know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, he's, when he's trash talking these guys, he's not talking about these dudes' family members or, you know, what what you know what they believe in or whatnot. He's talking about on the field accomplishments and accolades. You know, he brought it, you know, so, you know, I just don't believe when you when you want to sell something, you don't go after a man's family and religion. So, you know, shout out to Khabib. You know, every, I agree with everything he did up to when he jumped out of the octagon. So, you know, that, that causes a melee because, you know, there was, there, I, you know, I ain't gonna lie, BB, that could have been me sitting there. I don't want those, you know, I don't want that smoke out there, man. I could have been sitting down there and I was actually on the fence of actually attending this fight in person at the last minute. I didn't, but, uh, you know, it's like you, you're, you're putting other people's lives in danger. And now they're saying that, uh, it's my understanding that Conor McGregor already got his fight purse. So he's already gotten paid for this fight and Khabib has not gotten paid at all yet. And three of his members have already been arrested. Um, 
from his team during the melee because they jumped out of McGregor and they've actually been released because McGregor said that he didn't want to press charges. He just wants a rematch. So uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. I, I already expect there's going to be a second fight, bro. Like there's already been talks about the second fight. It's just now, you know, the whole legalities because there's assault charges. Um, there's probably going to be fines and suspensions. I don't know if he's going to be suspended from the state of Nevada. And if that's the case, then they'll probably just be able to move it to another venue like Madison Square Garden. Um, yeah, man, um, they're gonna make so much money on this on, on this rematch, man. And I still won't watch it. I'll just wait for whatever <laughs> happens afterwards um, because I'm not a big uh, UFC fan like that. I, like I told you, I will only now I will only watch Derek Lewis fights um, <laughs> because I thought that his uh, post fight interview was the best I've ever heard in life. And I like a person that's real like that. And so, no, I won't. But I will definitely be waiting on the results. I think, I mean, man, listen, what is, it's going to be funny when, when they do the uh, uh, pre-fight interviews and, you know, do the media rounds to, to promote the fight. What is Connor going to say? Like, like, is he going to still try to keep talking trash and say, oh, you may have oh, most definitely. got me that one time, but I'll be back to get you. I don't know. What did he say after he lost? Who, who, didn't Connor? Because Connor, this isn't the first time Connor's talked trash and got his butt whipped. What's the other guy's name? One of the Diaz brothers. Yes. You remember what Connor was talking trash? Because Connor went up and wait in that fight. Mm-hmm. The, to be honest with you, the Diaz brother was training for another event outside of UFC. And they called him, I think, at like the last minute. So he only had, what, like two, two and a half weeks to mm-hmm. train for the fight. And, you know, he was like, man, I was smoking weed every day. But that mm-hmm. first fight, he totally destroyed Connor. And he said, I destroyed you because you're not going to just come in talking trash, especially in my weight class. You can stay down there where you are and talk trash. You're not going to come up here and talk trash. So I had to show you what it was about. Yeah, man. Like you said, and that, that's another thing. You know, MMA is such a unique sport is because it's almost like a free fall. So Conor McGregor is known to be a pure striker. So, you know, whether that's boxing, you know, karate, um, you know, striking points, this Khabib dude and the Diaz boys, they're world-class wrestlers. So what Conor fails to realize is that once one of these dudes put him on his back, it's curtains for him. And hence what happened to him last night. Now, I am going to say that I was very, very impressed with Conor McGregor's takedown defense. He was able to snuff out Khabib a couple of times, which was, you know, almost practically unheard of. Um, So... Um, a couple of people brought up the fact that I think when you lose an MMA fight, you have more, you have actually an advantage for a rematch because you can see what you messed up on and you can actually start working on those things to look out for. With Conor McGregor, seeing that he lost, he, he's going to be flapping his guns, bro. Like, it's already inevitable. Um, he probably won't be going out. If anything, maybe I expect him to go even harder as far as the trash talking, trying to sell up this next fight, bro. Like, I expect it to be even, like, 30 times worse than it was this time. Like, believe it or not, he's not going to sit there and be like, oh, you may have gotten me. He's going to sit there and say, he'll start off with something like that, but he ain't going to be sitting eating a humble pie. Like, he's going to be sitting there going after this man's probably, you know, two, 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 uh, two, two generations once removed type of trash talking, bro. Like, it's going to be even worse than I expect it to be, man. Yeah, I, 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 man, listen, anytime Connor gets defeated, I, it's a great day for me. I just don't. And now, listen, I like his story from rags to riches, how he came from welfare to being a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely, I definitely understand that. I respect his game, I respect his hustle. But hey, man, I'm just glad he got popped in the mouth. And he, I didn't want him to get jumped, though. Like, I mean, Khabib must roll with some old school offense. Goons, bro. He got some <laughs> goons that are ready to glide. Hey, we riding and dying with this man, like, for real. Like, cause for you to sit there and just jump the fence and just get kind of that two piece, 
two-piece combo with a biscuit, and then another dude came in there and gave him another two-piece, bro. Man, I ain't never seen nothing like that in the professional stage, man. Hey, look, man, that, that's what I'm saying, bro. It's like, I'm just... Like like I said, man, it's it's, it's that that's the old school move right there. That's some uncles that'll come in, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh some real this is you gonna do to my nephew, and then they come mm-hmm. in, they beat you up, and then they move on. And so mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen any of the video footage. Like, I mean, I just read. I sent it to you, bro. I sent it to you, man. So they actually did they did they jump him, jump him, like beat him up, jump him. So one dude was already in the ring and kind of like gave him that work a little bit, and another dude came straight. Like, bro, I don't know where this dude came, but he literally came, jumped up to the octagon, hopped off the doggone. He got on the top of the octagon, jumped down like he was coming off of the top rope of a WWE move, gave him a double axe handle smash, and gave him like a two piece and a biscuit, and like kind of was just sitting there just eating them. And like, I don't even think he realized what was going on because mind you, he had just got choked out. So like, he tried to regain his consciousness. And like he's just standing there, just taking these punches, bro. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna send you the video, bro. It was it was it was bananas, man. Like we we it, it was it was bananas, man. Man, I gotta see that, bro. Okay, yeah, I, I, I definitely watch it. I put it like this, man. Next fight number two, man. You need to come to Vegas. You're invited to the Compton Manor, and you are gonna watch the next fight, bro. man. Listen, I'm gonna be on my phone the whole time. On hey, man, I'm not. Media. <laughs> I'm not taking no for an answer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do I so get, you, hold on. Do I get a plus one? Can I, can it be me plus one? Sure, man. You can bring the plus one, man. Right. Get the plus one, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, you want to go with door number one or door number two, bro? Uh-huh. Uh, for what? For the next part of the show. Uh, let me go with door number two. Door number two. So I know you got some big time news unveiling, man. So I'm gonna go ahead and take you. I'm gonna just go ahead and pro hop to the left like I'm James Harden. Yeah, the floor is yours, my brother. Hey, man, listen, bro. It's been a long time coming, man. Something that I know that you and I have discussed for a very long time, man. It's finally coming to fruition. So on today, I am announcing that BigStarSports.com will be uh, published, I guess, or will be going live. That's what the people, the, that's what the nerdy texts say. Going live today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In time for me to be able to do um, actual um, in-game analysis and updates from the Houston Texans versus the Dallas Cowboys game at NRG. And so, uh, you know, if you go on the website, you'll be able to see that I've already um, put up uh, recaps from game one and two of the American League Division Series of the Houston Astros versus the um, Houston Astros versus the Cleveland Indians. I also put up a recap of last week's game of the Houston Texans versus Indianapolis Colts and a preview for the game this week. And so that's going to be, um, yeah, available. So everybody can go and subscribe. It's free and you get the updates. Um, you'll get um, um, access to, you know, the YouTube channel and be able to see all the videos, um, the post-game interviews with the uh, um, at um, Minute Maid Park, but with like Alex Bregman and um, uh, manager A.J. Hinch, George Springer. Um, last night, I got a chance to, uh, you know, talk to Garrett Cole. So it, it it'll be some, um, you know, some. It, it, it'll definitely be worth the, the the subscription to be able to keep up with not only myself but people like uh, you know Mr. Town Business who will be um, contributing, adding stuff to the website as as well. Um, Bigger Sarge will be putting doing some health and fitness tips um, mm-hmm. you know it's just growing so yeah man www.bigsartsportswithaz.com there you have it y'all and like I said hey man BB when he says he's got interviews with 
you know, the names of the players that he's named. This ain't like Stephen A. Smith uh, 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 giving you interviews. No, this is BB himself. So definitely check out some of these videos. The questions that he asked and the, the, the way that he's so tactful with the way he delivers his questions is so, so unique that it definitely, you can definitely take a look at when BB asks those questions, the way the athletes respond back. They kind of take a look at like, oh, He's coming at me with a different approach. So definitely take a look at it, though. So when we when, when BB says he's interviewing or, you know, he's got interviews with these players, it's not a third-party vendor. This is this is coming straight from the source, coming from the horse's mouth. So um, definitely take that in consideration when you're taking a look at the website. I will actually be going to the Oakland Raiders Indianapolis Colts game at the end of this month. So I will be there live as well to check it out. So, yes, we are actually we actually are going out here and doing work so um and also check out uh bigger sarge he does a lot of uh health and fitness tips as well as recipes and things like that um i think if i'm not mistaken he actually got to go on top chef or he was one of the one of the contenders for top chef as well right he was yep yeah so you know you know this ain't no time to jane people out here just you know barbershop talking it up so um hey salute to you man everything that you're doing i'm so proud and honored and blessed that we've actually been able to unveil this. And, you know, like you said, it's not only just going live, we're going into production as well with this uh, new website. And like you said, the best part of all, man, it's free. There ain't no excuses, man. It's free. It's free. So, you know, so I know some of these networks are charging people $4.99 for some of these subscriptions. So, you know, stuff we're giving out is free, man. So, you know, my grandma almost tell me if it's free, it's me. If I pay, I'll stay away, you know? So, (laughs) (laughs) So that's how we do, man. So, you pick door number two, so I'm going to go back with door number one, man. And it's time for the Big Dummy of the Day, bro. Uh, or Big Dummy of the Week, I should say. Big Dummy of the Week, man. It's got to go with the state, the U.S. state, and the Congress for letting Mr. Uh, Kavanaugh into the Supreme Court. Oh, um, wow. yes. Um, I think, was it you that I saw? I saw something that showed that there has been only six minorities that have gotten into going to the office of the Supreme Court. Yeah, not to mention, I, I put that out. That was you. Okay, that was you that I saw that. It was between you and uh, Mr. Chappelle, not Dave Chappelle, but uh, my, my boy, uh, yeah. Matt Chappelle. Uh, check out his album too if y'all get a chance. Eddie Brock. Uh, but uh, I, I saw something where there's only been six minorities that have been able to hold a seat in the Supreme Court, the highest court system in, in, in our great nation. And the fact that this dude was able to weasel his way in, I'm going to use the word weasel, um, weasel his way in office. I, I definitely want to ask anybody who, who voted yes for him, why did they vote yes? And two, what if that was your daughter, sister, or anybody, any female, uh, female affiliation that you have with any female that you know, why did you why did you vote yes for someone who basically likes to, you know, just abuse females? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, bro. so shame on them. And then, so my thing. And then here's here's a part two. And I hate to be a PSA guy. If you guys don't like the results that just took place this past weekend, um, I think voting is in about three or four weeks, the first Tuesday in November. This is where you guys can make a change in. Anybody's sister says, oh, well, my board vote don't matter. Then you guys, I'm sorry to say you guys are part of the problem. Because if your vote doesn't matter and you guys are the ones that say, hey, you know, why do we have the system? Then you kind of, you've kind of done your due diligence in giving up your vote to someone else who actually went down there and actually voted. Um, so you can sit there and say all you want. And believe it or not, these votes are actually more important than the presidential election. 
Okay. So these votes are the ones that are, these are the ones that actually are the ones that are able to make change. And if you don't vote, then, you know, you're kind of late. You're not, you're not doing your due diligence and not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Man. Exactly. So there's so many different ways of voting absentee, um, getting there early and voting. Um, you know, I, I personally vote because it wasn't but what, 50 or 60 years ago, the people of the same color in my skin was not able to vote. And that to me, you know, and that to me just, that that to me is just mind boggling that, you know, just within the century, we did not have the right to vote. So I never take that lightly, slightly, or anything else that I can, I have the liberty without being judged or anything like having any issues of going out and going, hey man, I'm here to vote. And they just give me my little, my little card. I go in there and it's, it's done So. You know, go out there and vote, man. Um, I hate to, you know, I hate to do the PSA thing, but it's super duper important. I think this election coming up is going to be more, more of a big deal than anything else, man. Whether you vote for, you know, your Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever, Green Party, Tea Party, whatever it is, y'all need to go out there and vote, bro. Exactly, man. And I, I listen, man, I, I agree 110 percent with everything you just said, bro. Uh, my big dummy award goes to the other, other black quarterback. No, none other than Baker Mayfield. Um, <laughs> sir, before you start popping off at the mouth about Oklahoma defeating uh, the University of Texas, you may want to wait until after the game because if I'm not mistaken, on yesterday, not only since the, the, the University of Texas uh, boomer soon at y'all butts back to wherever you came from. So, uh, OPU, uh, stinky boomer sooners, y'all suck. I'm so glad that the <laughs> University of Texas, my team, beat y'all. And the thing is this, without some mental laps, they blow you all out. They had a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. They just had some some small mental lapses because they had gotten up. Like, they convincingly, convincing. The score doesn't uh, indicate on how the game actually was. Man, UT beat uh, OU. So, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Baker Mayfield, you can Dougie and you can Molly Rock and you can do whatever it is you do on back to your uh, uh, on back to Cleveland uh, and stop talking <laughs> down on the University of Texas, bro. Hook them horns, man. Hook them <laughs> horns, man. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't know what's wrong with that, man. But like you said, that, that game was a lot more. It was it was worse than what the score ended up being. So, uh, you know, you got the quarterback out here crying and whatnot. Hey, man, don't be crying. You know, win the game, bro. And not to mention, bro, like, ain't y'all up like 60-some games to 40-some games in the whole series alone? Yep. So, y'all ain't made up a little run within the last couple of years when, you know, after Mac Brown's left. So, yeah, man, hook them horns all day. Believe it or not, I actually was a recruit to UT, bro. For real? Yeah, I had a recruit. Yeah, I had a scholarship, man. Uh, for real? For what sport? Football. Wow. Why didn't you take yeah. it? Broke my ankle, bro. Oh, man. Yeah. But, yeah. Hold I was, on. I thought you was about to say you, uh, uh, you got there and you walked on the field. You couldn't find a little yellow line, so they like, nah. You don't need <laughs> <laughs> nah, by then I had gotten the grasp of football down, man. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, but besides the website at Big Star Sports, what's Big Star? What's the website again? Now? It's uh, a Big Star Sports with a Z. That's what I thought. Okay. There you go. And then you can find Mr. BB. Where else at, man? Um, on Instagram and Twitter with, at Big Sarge Sports with the Z and on Facebook at Brian L. Bearfield Big Sarge. And also check out at the legendary KYOK.org. If you're not in the Houston, Texas area, to check out his week uh, his everyday show from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time out there with Big Sarge Sports Radio out there at the legendary KYOK in the Houston, Texas area, man. And you can find me once again. My name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. 
find me at uh, Instagram at Money Compton. You can also email the show at Sports Business S P O R T Z B I Z N E S S at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Eric Compton, man. Anything else you got to it, man? Nope. I just want to tell Baker Mayfield one more time walk it like a tuck it. Walk it, walk hey. it like a tuck it. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Other than that, man, we out of here. Y'all have a wonderful day. Stay blessed. Be safe, man. But other than that, enjoy your Sunday. We out. I'm out. All right.